Bluff City Media presents The Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane. Acknowledge me. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to The Anthony Sane Show. This is your host, Anthony Sane, live from the Bluff City Media Studios, Wednesday edition of the show. Glad to be here, excited to be here. A lot of things to talk about. My man, Kenny Stubberfield, behind the glass. Kenny, what's going on, my brother? Man, it's good to be with you again, my guy. Man, it's good to be here, man. Good to be on this side of life, as, as the old saints say. In the, the old church. saints say. <laughs> say it uh, in, uh, in the church. Um, but yeah, man, a lot of stuff going on. Since the last time we talked, Kenny Stubberfield, NBA free agency is coming um, this Friday. Weird time, man. Free agency, I've always grown up. Back in my day, Kenny Stubberfield, um, Free agency would always start like at midnight, so I'd be I would I would take a midday nap. Right. Um, then I would get up around eleven thirty. I set my alarm for eleven thirty. I get I get my phone to see if there are any pre free agency rumblings, and then I would you know I tune in. I'd be ready, ready, willing, and able, man, with my phone ready uh, for free agency to come through. They made it a little bit too easy. This new generation just gets everything, everything. handed to them, Kenny Stubblefield. The stuff we we talked about this off the air the other day about something, a totally different situation. But this new generation of people, man, they ain't had to stay up to midnight for free agency like we had to, man. They get they get free agency. You, you know when it starts? Free agency? Yeah. You know what time it starts? This year? Yeah. Five o'clock. Five o'clock in the afternoon. Like, ride home from work. You, you up already. You probably working from home. And free agency jumps off in the middle of the day. Like, that's... The audacity, man. Like, we, we used to have to stay up for that type of it stuff. It used to be a commitment. Yeah. Like you used to you have to, to stay be up. committed. Only the committed folks would. Now you got you got Sham Serena. You got Adrian Wojnarowski yeah, dropping. They're making, they're making it a, a primetime event, man. Primetime event, dropping draft stuff 10 minutes right. before. It's just too easy now. And they man. got it set up. It's, it's literally made for TV now because it's like it starts at 5. It rolls for a couple hours. And then you do, like, the recap show of what's happened already at 7 p.m. And yeah, it's 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 totally set up for television now as opposed to back in the day. You were up to two or three o'clock in the morning checking your Twitter and it was just going crazy. And then you wake up or you would wake up to just a whole new NBA when you wake up in the morning. Crazy. So yeah, I'm totally excited about it. Um this Friday at five PM. Uh the thing I want to talk about today in regards to the uh the free agency period. Another thing that's super dope about the NBA too is that it's just this wild, fun ride that happens from NBA Finals, NBA Draft, Free Agency, Summer League. It's just like within a month, well, like within three weeks, all these things happen at one time. Like we just crowned a champion. Right. We've already had our draft. Free Agency is this Friday. Summer League Summer starts. League next week, if I'm not mistaken. It's yeah. a year-round thing now. Like yeah. basketball doesn't stop. Yeah, like uh, uh, my, Bryson, who hosts uh, 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 Grizz Next Gen Pod on this show, he um, he talked about how he like if you want to be honest about it, NBA season really don't end until August because the off season begins immediately. Like all the off season stuff starts immediately. You run through summer league and then you take your break for the summer after summer league is over. So yeah, man, it's it's, it's a league unlike any other because summer league is the dopest thing in the world. Period. Because what other league? The NFL doesn't have this thing where you draft this quarterback. And a week later, you two weeks later, him. you're seeing them throwing touchdowns. <laughs> like, Unbelievable. Like, like, no other league does that, man. That's why the NBA is just incredibly awesome to me. And I wish everyone saw it the same way, but they don't. But um, NBA Free Agency, like I said, is this Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. Here's the conundrum, Kenny Stubblefield. There are a lot of big-name players that are requesting big money. 
A uh, lot of guys have even opted out of player options. Guys like Kyle Kuzma, Chris Middleton, um, uh, Draymond Green. Uh, there are other guys that are unrestricted free agents that are, you know, requesting certain amounts of money. Dylan Brooks, of all people, uh, is, you know, rumored to be in the $20, $25 million range of what he's requesting. That's unbelievable. I have breaking news for you, uh, Kenny Stubberfield. There are only six teams in the NBA that have $30 million in cap space or more. Would you like to hear that list of names? Yeah, give Can, me that list. I'd like to know this list. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you pretend that you are an NBA free agent, Kenny Stubblefield. Okay, okay. And I'm going to give you these names, and I want you to tell me um, your thoughts on these teams. Houston Rockets. Could you see yourself being a Houston Rocket, Kenny Stubblefield? Oh, gosh. Let's say you him. You're a 25-point-per-game mm. scorer. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Because – I already I saw Houston play last year. Yeah, you're a guy who demands in that $25, $30 million. Yeah. San Antonio Spurs get to play with Victor Wimbignana, who is obviously a uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar clone. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a that's a uh a theory I might have to throw out there for y'all to look into as well. Do look we, it up, man. Go go Google high school Kareem Abdul Jabbar, then go look at Wimbignana and tell me. I mean, do we know who Victor Wimbignana's dad is? He could very well be Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Is he cap? Is he uh, the captain? The it captain? could be Captain Junior. Ooh. Who knows? Uh, just like what's the name looks incredibly like Will Chamberlain. Who's, to me. Um, who's that? What's his name? Plays for Brooklyn. He was Brooklyn, then Dallas, then back to Brooklyn. Bitcoin dude. Bitcoin go- dude. Dude who wanted to get paid in uh, in cryptocurrency. <laughs> Maybe uh, you know what I'm Spencer. About, Spencer Dinwiddie. Look at him and look at Will Chamberlain and tell me these. Oh, that's hilarious. And then what's the guy's name who won the championship with the Wizards? Uh, not the Wizards. The Wizards ain't won the championship. Yeah, Wizards. But giving away a damn team. Um, you know who I'm talking about, man. Bad foot played for the Warriors. Bad foot played for the Got Warriors. Got picked like top five 10 years ago. Wing, 6'8 wing. He played for the Warriors just a little bit. He looks like Will Chamberlain. Who am I talking about? Don't worry about it. We on our team. I got a pair of Sharky in my ear trying to tell me. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Otto man. Porter? Otto Porter. Yeah, look it up. Man, my guy Parrish, man, comes in clutch, man. I, I believe in cloning, man. Like, I believe that they have mm. – like, that dude is clearly – Wimbledon is clearly like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's clone. Would you clone yourself? For what purpose? I don't know. No. If I was a woman, maybe, I would probably <laughs> – But anyway, uh, would you like to play for the Sacramento Kings? Kenny Stubblefield. Out of the, the 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 teams that you've mentioned so far, Sacramento might be the one right mm-hmm. now. The Orlando Magic, young up and coming team. <sighs> Probably not. Not Florida. I don't want to go to Florida. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want to follow in Penny Hardaway's footsteps. I'm sure. Right. Uh, Indiana Pacers or Detroit Pistons? Any interest? Nah, man. I'm good. But those are the teams that got that bag, and I, I don't see, I don't see certain players wanting to just walk into those situations to go play for those teams. So what I'm going to present today, Kenny, is that I'm going to ask the question. Could you, which if you were a free agent and money didn't matter and you were a athletic wing or three, four, or uh, just an impact player in the NBA, are the Memphis Grizzlies a team you can see yourself going? Hell yes. Young, Without good. Without a doubt. You know what I mean? They're, they got a lot of guys who, uh, I don't know if people know this or not, but <laughs> from a social aspect, Jaron Jackson Jr. is you remember you remember the summer that Chandler, Chandler Parsons came to the Grizzlies? I do. 
how they talked about how Chandler Parsons is like everybody's friend. Like absolutely, he's like the guy that like com, like links the entire league. Like yeah. everybody's connected. Everybody's to connected to Chandler Parsons. Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. is like that dude. A lot uh, of people 100%. don't. A lot of people don't know that. But Jaren, like, but he's a likable person. Yeah, Jaron is like boys with a lot of dudes in the league. Um, and I think he's a guy that you know, you know, he's he's got friends and he's got guys who might want to play with him. Uh, plus, he's vice president of the Player Association. Now, I'm not saying that's the reason why. There's one particular guy that I do think that is the reason why. But I can see a guy like a Kyle Kuzma wanting to come here to play with Jaron. That's his boy. And just be a part of this culture. I could definitely see that. I could see I could see a Draymond Green wanting to come to Memphis. Man. That's something other people have been talking about. I think that as a Grizzlies fan, there are a lot of people talking about mid-level exception, these type of things. I'm going to take that off the table, and I'm going to tell you why. I am by no means a salary cap aficionado. As a matter of fact, I don't know much of shit about the uh, NBA salary cap. But I will say that I do know the basics of it that include the luxury tax and those type of things. I'm not certain that the even though they have said they're willing to pay the luxury tax, with this new CBA, you have to be wise even with how you use the luxury tax, how you go into it. I'm not sure that the Grizzlies are willing to add salary on top of their payroll as constructed, if that makes any sense. How do you reconcile that with Kleiman's post-draft comments where he said, we got an owner who's willing to spend? I get that, but there's certain NBA rules where you don't want to shoot your shot too soon. Got you. Kenny Stubblefield. Shout out to Keaton Lawson again. The joke that just keeps on joking. It just keeps on giving, baby. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to blow off too quick. You know what I mean with that whole tax thing. Cause I think it's like I think the repeat thing is like worse or something. I don't know. Yeah, you can't stay in the luxury tax long right. or you start getting docked serious right. cash. So this might not be the year you want to start getting into that. You know what I mean? So I think with the Grizzlies, especially when you've got thirty million dollars tied up in guys that you haven't seen since February. And I might I might have my month wrong. When's the last time we saw Brandon Clark? Uh, he was later in the season, right? It was like March or April. March, maybe. April, maybe something no, like the that. Season he didn't. It was probably February. February, probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly. So, when. yeah, you got thirty million dollars tied up in Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark, who you haven't seen at all. And it might and it may be questionable whether you want that kind of money tied up into a big that I'll be honest. I call Stephen Adams training wheels on his team. Hell of a player, but it is what he is. Like. People talk about Steven Adams and the whole, well, he's all, he gets offensive rebounds. I'd rather have a guy that, like, doesn't have to worry about Dylan Brooks taking 30 bad shots in the game. You know what I mean? Right. I'd, rather, I'd rather have a guy that, that doesn't have that type of pressure on him, you know what I mean, on this team. I, I think that we talk about that too much as far as his, his responsibility and what, what he brings to the table. But um, I'm not sure they want to add new money on top of the money they already have. That makes sense. I think that what the Grizzlies will end up doing – I would I, and I think they're also going to hold off on the MLE thing because I think they may believe that there may be a player or two or three that maybe they may have Memphis as a destination they want to go to as a uh, sign and trade destination, and that would probably be the first time in the history of Memphis that that right? would happen. Yeah, and I think that's a real thing, man. I, I can't remember who it was. Was it Zach Lowe? Who said that? Don't be surprised to yeah. see. No, Zach. Zach created an uproar this week. Yeah, when I when I saw that man, a little tear welled up in my eye to hear someone say Memphis, Memphis is, is a, a sign and trade destination. Is a destination. Spot. And if I was to guess who yeah. those guys were, I said two of them already. I said Kyle Kuzma. 
I said Draymond Green. Uh, another name I'll throw out that I wouldn't be surprised that wants to come here is Harrison Barnes. Um, I think I heard something about he's got ties here, maybe. Yeah, you've mentioned that. I think I've never read that. I've never seen yeah, that. It I might be he might be across the river. There yeah. might be some ties. I think he's got some type of some, he's got some connection to the city. I think. Um, I can see a Harrison Barnes. I can see a Jeremy Grant. Somebody told me that Jeremy Grant only wants to play for black coaches, though. You ever heard that? <laughs> you ever heard that? Like, I think that's a real thing, man. I think I think he said that. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. Maybe we can do some, uh, some, uh, uh, you know. I've not heard that. I don't know. Maybe we could put Taylor Jenkins in blackface. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, can we can we give him a pass for the one one sign and trade meeting? Yeah, no, we ain't doing that at all. We ain't, we ain't putting Taylor Jenkins in a blackface. But no, but uh, I think that's something interesting to look at, man. Like I said, you've got to pay Ja. You've got to pay Bain. Um, our payroll is going to skyrocket after yeah. this season. So I don't, I'm not sure they want to add new money. Another contract is $12.5 million per year to what they already have. But I could see them being a free, uh, being a sign-and-trade destination where they send out a Steven Adams-type contract, a Brandon Clark-type contract, and you get another guy in that honestly might be better suited to play next to Jaron Jackson Jr., mm. For years to come. So that means you're telling me it is Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five season now. Like here's time. the thing. People are like, well, Jaron's not ready to be a five. Why not? Well, if that's the case, he's never going to be ready. Because this is year five for Jaron. Yeah, like why you, not? You, you, you eventually have to let Jaron get tested by fire, man. Like he, 100%. Like he's he's seven feet tall. He's he's uh, he's approaching, I don't know how much he weighs, but if you look at him on the court, he looks as, as big as Anthony Davis, as 100%. big as you know the Carl Anthony Towns types of the world. That play five. They play the five at this point. If if you're not gonna let Jaron be the five now, when are you gonna do it? I mean, we just finished up year five for him, right? Yeah, this is this is going is this going into year six? Yeah, and I think and like I said, man, me personally, my goals for this season are to have Jaron, not Jaron. I'm sorry, are to have this team at a point where they have matured, and that's mentally and physically. I don't really care what the outcome of the season is. I, and I think with that being said, me personally, this would be a perfect year to just see where Jaron is as a five. Now, I understand that you might take your bumps with it, but I saw this Grizzlies team. Come on, man. A long time play without Steven Adams, and we still were winning games. And he was the defensive player of the year. He was defensive player of the year. Like, That's, what are we talking about? And, he was I'm dominant. not saying – I know everything I say turns into not only I'm, I want to get rid of Steven Adams. That's what's going to happen. And also, I don't like Steven Adams. That's not true at all. Because it turned into – when I was saying that it made sense for the Grizzlies to trade Tyus, that turned into I don't like Tyus Jones because I'm like, yeah, it makes sense to trade him. People don't understand nuance, man. Yeah, people don't understand, you know, facts over feelings, man. Leave emotions at the house. And, and I understand the role that Steven Adams plays – but I believe that in a trade, in a sign and trade situation, I would much rather see a 25, 20, 25, 30 million dollar player come back in a situation to the Grizzlies and a Steven Adams goes out with the Zaire Williams yep. to bring in a guy who can play the four or can play the three when you're when a, when the other team has a three man that's killing you and may have a four that's kind of dormant. I would much rather see a situation like that than to see money tied into someone whose role is to set picks and get offensive rebounds. Like Which, it, and I understand what Steve Adams brings to the table, but it's time for us as a franchise to move forward, man. You got to get to the point where fix the issue that's making him so valuable as a rebounder, which is called making shots <laughs> as scoring points, as opposed to making sure you got a guy that can catch misses. Yeah, that's one of the things that Steven Adams said in a postgame. How do you get so many rebounds? Because we missed a yeah, lot of shots. Yeah, we missed a lot of shit, man. 
We missed a lot of shots. Let's fix the, the shot missing. Let's stop. Let's it. stop missing so many shots. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, you mentioned ahead. four guys: Jeremy mm-hmm. Grant, Draymond, Harrison, and uh, Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. If Memphis is a destination spot, we get to pick. Who do you pick? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you another one that I didn't list that I would not be surprised to get to come here. It's Chris Middleton. I didn't think about. I didn't list him at all, but he definitely was on my mind. Mm. And I put a poll out today on Twitter just to see where people were at. And Chris Milton was winning the poll. I was surprised to hear that. Um, healthy, he'd be my number one choice. He's second, pl- he's second best player on a world champion team from two years ago. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He, he, would, he wouldn't be my choice because I'm not really sure health-wise where he is. Um, but if he's healthy, he'd probably be number one. You know he can make, make shots. He's, he can defend on the perimeter, can pin, defend in the post. He's got the Taylor Jenkins connection. Um, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he wouldn't mind coming to a team where he could kind of serve that mentor role. And if he's, you know, called upon to score, I think he's fine with that. And if he's not called upon to score, I think he'd be fine with that as well. Um, if I had my choice, it'd be Jeremy Grant. Though. Um, you like Jeremy Grant? Big jumbo wing, six nine, can defend. He he defends. He's starting to get away from being a perimeter defender. He is a post defender. Yeah. But um, can knock down. He's really worked on his jump shot, knocked that down. Um, I like that about him. I would take any of those guys. I kind of think that Kyle Kuzma is a little overrated as far as being – he's got a lot of big Dylan Brooks in him. Big Dylan Brooks in him. Not a defender at all, really. Yep. Um, mega scorer. I think he definitely would want a bigger role here. I think he would – I don't think he would kind of fall in line. He's a volume guy. Yeah, I he, think he want to kind of yeah. want to get his. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's something to think about, though, man. That's all I'll say. How I'm funny – can I just be honest yeah, with you? Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm a big fan of irony and, mm-hmm. and things. How ironic would it be – if last year's Grizzlies villain, not Dylan Brooks, but the Grizzlies villain, Draymond mm-hmm. Green, who came out and said, the dynasty starts after you, not with and you. And he's actually the dude who makes and it He's happen. that guy. How, how crazy would that be? It would be? be crazy as hell, and I would love it, man. You talk about a lineup. If you got Draymond Green and Jaron is your front court. And Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart is, is your wing defender. That's three out of the last six defensive player of the years. Not three out of the last five. Crazy. Yeah, because Draymond won in 16 17. Go is is Draymond, Gobert's won one, mm-hmm. Kawhi's won one, Jaron, and Marcus Smart. Yeah. Didn't Giannis win one? And Giannis. It'd be three out of the last six. There you go. It'd be three out of the last six if Draymond wanted to come here. I think that was a long shot. I would not root it out. Uh he has not signed a contract with Golden State. Breaking news. But it's gonna be an exciting few days, man. By the time this show airs, uh, free agency will be uh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking it's Thursday. Free agency is Friday, so yep. we'll we'll know more as the week goes on. But I think it could be a possibly very exciting amount of uh, days coming ahead uh, for us for sure. And speaking of exciting, have an exciting guest coming on after the break. Daniel Greer, host of Greer's 901, as well as Bluff City Bets here on Bluff City Media. Very entertaining guy, funny guy, informative guy. Uh, been in the game grinding for a while. Excited to have him on. He's coming up next here on Anthony Sane Show. We'll see you guys in a minute.
What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student-athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. everyone welcome back to the Anthony Sane show it's time for sit down with Sane this week have a uh very talented guest uh you guys know him from Grease 901 as well as uh Bluff City Bets here on Bluff City Media very funny guy I had to get him on he's he, Kenny he's the first like Bluff City Media guest we heard. oh uh, I was gonna say the melon melon challenged well no because guest. Chip Williams was on there oh Chip was on well that's mm-hmm. he's yeah. more so melon melon depleted so that's he's a little melon de- yeah <laughs> So Chip, <laughs> Chip came out of the dungeon of draft Man, stuff to come and white. talk to you. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Daniel Greer is here. Daniel, what's going on, my brother? Not much, man. Excited to be here in the uh, – is this the Sane Asylum? Is this it? Man, when, when I'm in here, this is what it is. You know, this uh, it is the Bluff City Media Studios. But, you know, you know how, like, if you come to the radio station, depending on what show it is, like, it might be that the, whatever the sponsor studio is. So, for right now, today, yeah, it is. The, gotcha. It's the Sane Asylum Studio. We'll, we'll go with that for sure. But Daniel, uh, good to have you on today, man. A lot of stuff going on <coughs> in the NBA. Hold on, of- hold on. Before you get started. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about this right here, let's man. Let's talk about what's he wearing. So I walk in, the, I walk <laughs> in the door today. I see a very bootleg looking ass jersey, uh, Daniel. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna check the man. You know, it's, it's his swag. I ain't gonna. You it's know, not whatever. bootleg. It's like an Under Armour or something. Yep. Bro, even if it's the official jersey of his school, it's bootleg. Like I'm sure they didn't have. <laughs> we were talking about Fort Wayne. But anyway, he's wearing the John Conchar, Jitty. 55, shitty for the city. <laughs> Conchar jersey. In honor of me, you said. Like, in honor of you. Yeah. I know you're a big Conchar fan, and so yeah, for sure, man. I was given Always this. a fan of the underdog. That's the only reason why I'm the, a fan. The real, the most authentic underdog. He, uh, Coach Kaufman, <laughs> who I have come to know uh-huh. uh, at Fort Wayne University, he sent me this in a care package. So that's the real deal. Like, this off. is the real deal. It's got something on it, back-to-back. I don't know. They beat uh, Indiana okay. University. I don't. I don't know. So that's the actual game worn type jersey, there. Something like that. But they wear that in Mam League. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it was what? beautiful. Number fifty-five. Fifty-five, Jitty. <laughs> anyway, in honor of you, saying yeah, in honor of me, man. I don't know why y'all think I don't like John Conchar, man. It's just like because you don't like John, John you don't Conchar. Like it. It's, it's okay. very clear, very obvious. Well, we had the discussion off the air, but I'm not really gonna go there today. Of- Is this an intervention? Who for me? No, it might be for you. You feel you feel better about wearing. The, uh, I feel great now. Oh, I feel okay, myself. Good, right good now. man. Good. I'm glad to have you on today, man. <laughs> Tell us about the shows you host, uh, Daniel Greer, uh, Bluff City Bets, oh. Greer's Nine on One. Tell us about. It. Yeah, so Bluff City Bets has been uh, kind of a a baby of ours in a sense, mm-hmm. and it's now two shows. Early in the week, we have Chase coming on with a lot of soccer, but also other other picks that he's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm mainly all baseball right now, but I, it's a show. It's 20 minutes. It's on Friday, and we pretty much get straight to the point, give you our best plays, give you things to look for, and teach you how to bet and make money uh, compared mm-hmm. to some other shows who just want to give you the plays and just say, hey, dummy, just put your money out there. Right. We try to teach you a little bit. That way you can kind of learn and develop a betting strategy yourself. Yeah, I'm a very novice better, so I definitely have to turn in. I had to uh, – Tune in. Yeah, I might 
Yeah, bring me on live like the uh, draft show we did. <laughs> oh God! I try, to make, I try to make sure I'm sober uh, if I jump on that joint though for sure. And your show that's sponsored by Zenbits, right? Uh, Zen, uh, Zen Sports. Zen Sports. All right. Zen Sports. Tell um, break down Zen Sports to me because it seems like a very like innovative thing. I I, I know the, I understand it's kind of like a peer to peer type thing, right? So no, it's not peer to peer yet. Okay. I, I think that's the direction they eventually want to go at mm -hmm. some point, but mainly it is. Um, just your normal, just like FanDuel, DraftKings, mm -hmm. all those kind of – it's the same thing. So they have the same concept, uh, but they give you cash back. And so let's say you put in your money, whatever, for the first uh, 15 days, you get 5% cash back of everything that you bet. Okay. And then after that, uh, you get um, – I think it's 3% cash back. Uh, at the first of every month, they send you pretty much a direct deposit into your account, and so you get that cash back just for playing, just on their sports book. Okay. Right. So there's obviously some other things you don't want to do to me, withdrawals and other stuff like that. But also for people that you bring in, so if I give you my code or give you the Bluff City Bets uh, code, which is Bluff C, uh, if you do that, then for six months, mm -hmm. you get 5% of everything that that person actually bets. That sounds, that sounds pretty dope for real, though, man, <laughs> especially when they get that peer-to-peer -peer starter because, you know, yeah. Bubby want to talk shit on Twitter, want to argue with you, but shit, man, put, hell, man, hit, take my link. Let's bet on it. Let's let's go and we get get you broke right quick, and then we can just end <laughs> all these discussions. But yeah, shout out to the good people like at Zen Sports, uh, sponsor of uh, Bluff City Bets. Grizz nine hundred one, of course, is a, a Grizz only show that you yep. you, you do as well. Uh, I tune in often uh, just to see what I'm gonna talk about. I, I don't. That's that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the uh, behind the scenes things right. people don't understand about right. sports. We all listen to each other's shows. To know what we're gonna talk about, exactly. like we all pull off of each other. And I remember I got offended by that the first time I felt I knew that was happening to me, because I had I've done early morning stuff, you know, a lot. Yeah. And I used to get offended by it until I found myself like, you know, listening to Gabe Coon on the way up here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you have to. Yeah, we all we all borrow each other stuff. So I definitely check you guys out as well. You guys do have a great show though. Um, props to you guys as well. Anything particularly you want to share about coming up maybe with this show? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the story behind it, we're now doing only post-game shows. So off-season we mm -hmm. do. We go live every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, so I have a show tonight. Right. Uh, but Tuesdays at 8 o'clock we go live in the off-season. Uh, but <clears throat> during season, we are live immediately after the games. It started on a random road trip down to New Orleans, mm -hmm. came back, could not find any Grizzlies content on the way back home. And I was just like, what, like, that is, that's our area. That's right. where we can get uh, and increase our niche a little bit. And so started doing post-game shows. We go live so we can uh, communicate mm -hmm. and hang out with everybody immediately after the game. But then from there, like, we can upload this stuff. And then you, people might go to bed, but you wake up in the morning and you can tune us up. We're there every morning after the game. You might have started checking you guys out. I already deal with insomnia big time anyway, so. We're going to be up. Yeah, man, because, like, that Marcus Smart thing, like, I know I'm old as hell, right? But, like, that Marcus Smart trade showed me, dude, you're not nearly as young as you might think you are. You know what I mean? Because I was up to, like, 3 in the morning, turned right back around at 7 in the morning, got started. I was like, oh, man, screw this. Like, yep. the Grizzlies got me. <laughs> got me. I didn't try to make Kenny do more work. He, he let me curse, but it's certain words I know he got to beep out. So, But anyway. Yeah, man, like, but what you guys do, do is really good. It's needed to have that show you can tune in to immediately after the game for people like me who, because, man, after a big game, man, like, your nerves just won't let you go to sleep. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I might as well just, you know, jump in with you guys uh, or on Twitter space or something like that. Yep. So check out Daniel Greer, uh, Bluff City Bets, Grizz 901, here on Bluff City Media. Uh, the days, one more time? Uh, Tuesdays at 8 o'clock mm -hmm. is the uh, Grizz 901, mm -hmm. the live show. Bluff City Bets, we're going to go Tuesday and Friday as of mm -hmm. right now.
Gotcha, gotcha. So, guys, make sure y'all check that out. My guy, Daniel Greer. Uh, Daniel Greer, more about yourself. Uh, you told us off the air that you are a native of Memphis. Native Memphian or whatever. Um, tell us your sports story, like the teams you grew up on. Of course, you're a Grizzlies fan yeah. now. You weren't born on the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies didn't get here no. until later. So how did you become a Grizz fan? And just tell us more about that. Yeah, so uh, obviously grew up here in Memphis, born mm-hmm. and bred. Uh, but I've always been a big fan of, you know, basketball in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I played college baseball, and so did that. Huge Braves fan. But uh, when the Grizzlies came, I loved Duke. And so Shane Battier was getting drafted mm-hmm. by Duke yep. in 2 uh, by the Grizzlies, and so from there, obviously my hometown team, that was like my jam. I, so I've been a, a fan ever since day one, Pau mm-hmm. Gasol, uh, Shane Battier. Uh, but my favorite sports story was, I guess it was two years ago, uh, when Ja said, um, I, I sent in the little tweet, and it said, uh, I don't think uh, Ja has that fire in his eye anymore. And then after the Lakers game, he called me out, and literally that that's the greatest story for the Wait, that was you? That was me. Damn, I didn't know that shit. <laughs> so, Can you knew that? I did not know that. Nope. That was I can't believe that was you. <laughs> that was me. I thought it was like a kid, man. We might it was need a grown ass forty year old man. We might need to rethink some stuff. <laughs> Damn. <here. laughs> I was so I was literally moving the next morning. I was sleeping on a mattress on my floor with, mm-hmm. with my wife, um, and literally like I just sent out a random tweet responding to Jessica Benson, who mm-hmm. uh, now is Grand City Media. Right. And I just said, I just don't think, think Jaw has that fire in his eye. I didn't tag him. I didn't do right. anything. I rolled over. That's the petty levels of John Moran. That, that is. Hey, <laughs> he that's comes what looking love. for it, yeah. That's, he's, uh-huh. that's Memphis, though. Yeah. And so at that point, like, it's it's 11. When I sent that out, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, one of my young kids probably comes in there bothers me. I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. My phone was just blowing up. And it was still like 1, 2 in the morning. And it was still going. And I was like, oh, my God. And so uh, that happened, and then I was at my friend's house sitting on the couch watching it on my phone because they wanted to watch mm-hmm. uh, a Tigers game. And all of a sudden, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. So I, I like paused it. I went backwards. I was like, did, did you just hear what I heard? <laughs> right. And I was like, this is not This is not good. I had no clue that was you. It was, it was a fun night, though. Yeah, for sure. I bet it was. Uh, speaking of fun nights, uh, last week around this time, you guys had um, your – the NBA draft live show you guys had. Um, and I was invited on by some guy named Luke Hattemaker. I don't really know Luke. He has a show on the podcast, on this network uh, as well. And he asked me to come out. I was like, man, I record my show that day. I don't know if I can make it. You know what I mean? I, said, I, I was like, dude, I really don't care about the draft. Like, right. I, I really don't. You know, I mean, I'm not going to joke with you. So I came home, and uh, uh, my glaucoma was bothering me, so I took some medication. Um uh, <laughs> Are I these excuses? Some, yeah, I took some medication for my glaucoma and uh, and and slight anxiety. Yeah, and and a slight anxiety as well. Right. And uh, I right. said, man, maybe I'll hop on this uh, this uh, podcast, <laughs> this live recording. So yeah, it was fun, man. I'm glad you guys invited me on. I'm I, glad you came on, man. Yeah, it, I didn't mean to disrespect, man. Just you know. Listen, we uh, we want you because I know y'all were like super serious about the GG we Jacksons were not, of the world. We were not. But we want you to be you. Yeah. And so, so it was it was a fun time. Man. It was a good time. Yeah, good time. for sure. Um that night the Grizzlies selected uh Gigi Jackson uh in the second round, forty fifth pick overall. Um I did not know who Gigi Jackson was. I saw people in you guys' comments saying all this stuff about him. I'm like, man, y'all don't get out of here, man. Like <laughs> y'all don't know this dude. They're like, Oh, you know, he was he's still supposed to be in middle school right now, so <laughs> Technically, the Grizzlies in four years. They're like, all right, man, all right. Dude, dude's probably going to be in Lithuania in two years. But anyway, but no, um, I did my own research on Gigi Jackson as well. Very um, 
kind of unique situation for a kid who probably got not the most favorable advice to go to college last year. He probably should have stayed, right. you know, in, in uh, high school last year. He would have been a college freshman this year. Um, he, he went the college route, probably had a significant NIL deal. Just being, yep. I don't know, but I'm just throwing out stuff. It probably was. Went to a school where he was probably easily the best player on the easily, team. Yeah. 17 years old. Everything was going through him. Uh, and it's, it's one thing when everything goes, goes through you when you're 6'9 in high school. But when you're a college basketball player, it's not the same, you know, right. thing or whatever. So, um, and typically in a situation like that, you're not asking a kid like that to have that big of a role. Even here in Memphis when Jalen Duran thrived, we weren't running post plays for no, Jalen Duran. No. He just kind of got in and used his athleticism and got in where he yeah. fit in. But they were running everything through this kid, and that pressure seemed to be way too much for him. Um, I think he's got all the tools in the world to be a real player for this team. And I was mm -hmm. telling Kenny this, I don't know if it was on there or off the air, he's the kind of guy where if you're talking about guys to put next to Jaron Jackson Jr. in the future, mm -hmm. if that kid yeah. can re rebound and score in the paint and score out the dribble like that, yeah. Like, that's the type of dude in a couple yeah. years I'd like to see next to Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he's got a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm really just, you know, <clears throat> throwing out bullshit or whatever because he, he could be terrible. I mean, you, we don't know. Yeah, but, but is this – I know you said that it might be a bad decision to come out, but mm -hmm. let's say he does stay in and come out next year. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? He's probably going to go in the top five of the draft. Yeah, for he's sure. He's going to go to a terrible he be franchise. Yeah. Right? So now he's – instead of going to, you know, you actually make money a year earlier mm – -hmm. You're now making money again because you're drafted. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be able to go down to the G League. So pretty much you're drafted getting paid more than you were if you were to go join right. the G League Ignite. Right. It's the same setup. I trust the Grizzlies front office and the player development to make him good. I don't think he's – I don't think it would have been smarter to go back. I, I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But also say, like, the way it worked out, one, he got lucky. Oh, yeah. He, got, he came to a good situation because the, the Grizzlies – Yeah. He came to a good situation because the Grizzlies are one of those organizations where – they're going to try to bring their guys Correct. along yep. at, a, at the right pace. Yep. They're not going to put any pressure on him and, and feel like he has to play you. He has yeah. to pan out in two years. They'll slow walk him along, you know, if they feel like he has that uh, potential. So I definitely agree that in hindsight, he didn't – you could say, well, that kid that kid's should have stayed in the school. Yep. But if you look at it, 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 worked it out. planned out perfectly for him. Even even the stuff that, like, the, the character issues that people had, mm -hmm. they really weren't – worth a guy dropping that far in the draft. Yeah. The fact that he came here, it could end up being a perfect situation. So yeah. I'm down for it for sure. Um, other developments as far as the Grizzlies are concerned, we found out yesterday that uh, the Grizzlies uh, um, picked up the option, the player, the team option on uh, Xavier Tillman, meaning he'll be back next year. Right. Next year, the year after that, next summer, he'll be a free agent. What are your thoughts on uh, locking him up and just what he could do for this team this year and for years to come? I, I think it's a no-brainer to mm – -hmm go ahead and get his team option. Uh, the issue is, is moving forward after mm -hmm. this year, what do you do? Um, I think right now it's very simple. You you have a guy who can be, uh, when, I guess when they have a play, mm -hmm. who's the who's the person that comes in next, whatever. So some so if the main actor in a play, for some reason, just goes out and sick, you have mm -hmm. somebody that can kind of fill in for them. Uh, whatever that whatever that name is called, uh, and so I you, can't think you yeah. know what you so mean. So if you have so you have a guy like Stevo, who is who's great, he's a starter. Let's say he goes out, you're bringing in somebody who has experience that you can count on, but you're not paying a lot of money to. Mm -hmm. The difference is is if you had to pay a lot of money to him, that's a different situation. Right. Uh, but I it, this team can be the best version of itself if he is the eleventh guy. If he is the seventh, eighth guy, that's not that's yeah, not what we want. You're not in a good place at all. And he's got such a good attitude about things. He's a very low maintenance guy. 
whether he's playing or he's not playing, he's the right. same upbeat guy, team first guy. He went to play in the summer league with guys uh, when he didn't. Yep. There was really nothing to prove for him. He was or he wasn't, and he still went to the summer league and he, you know, showed his leadership there. I'm really happy for him. Yep. I hope that um, it's something that, you know, can go on past this season. Um, something else in the last couple of weeks, big news with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Marcus Smart acquired via trade um, on draft night uh, for. Tyus Jones, we haven't spoke about that. Um, I'm super excited about it. The versatility that he has, the, the way that he can play, he can he can guard any position in the backcourt. And just right. when you start talking to people who know him and experience yeah. him more than we have, they're like, "Oh, that dude can guard anybody. Like 100%. you could go put him on. He could guard anybody in the court. He's either gonna lock up your point guard or he's gonna frustrate the hell out of the, the big on the other side <laughs> as well." And um, I talked to uh, Kari Thompson who works for Boston.com out in Boston. He's a native Bostonian as well. And he was like, yeah, man, that's, that should be the least of your worries. Yep. You know what I mean? Marcus Smart can guard anybody on the court. So uh, you guys can put him, you know, if you want to play him as a two, play him as a three, whatever you're doing, playing with job, without job, whatever you're doing, he can, he can work for sure. Yep. What are your thoughts on him and just, you know, what he can bring to this team? So I think he's the ultimate hybrid. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some people are saying, can he guard certain guys? He's shorter than Dylan. They have the same. He has a longer reach than Dylan, mm -hmm. which in the end, their reach is the exact same. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it, he's being a hybrid, which allows him to play next to Ja. He can run the second unit. He can play next to the point guard on the second unit. Mm -hmm. So he can be the guy who is kind of, you know, the, that brings everybody together. So uh, he's been averaging 30-plus minutes every year. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I'm looking at. Is he going to be a guy who can be the sixth man and still average 30 minutes, I think that actually benefits the Grizzlies. If you're if you're able to bring somebody in, whether that is David Roddy, whether that mm -hmm. is somebody on the MLE, and slide them into the starting role once Ja gets back, and then you mm -hmm. have him run the second unit. But really, in the end, all he is is a sixth starter, in a sense. And so he's right. the hybrid that can play along. If you go get a backup point guard, and he's playing well, yeah, that's what he, he's the ultimate hybrid. I'm fully content with smart starting the entire season, whether he, mm. whether he starts with at starting point guard with Ja or as he plays in the three-guard lineup guarding the best player on the other side, whether that's a three to two to one. So you seem to be a little different. It seems like you you think you think yep. they should or you just think this is what they'll end up doing as far as getting as another of, starter. As of currently constructed, I would, uh, you have to start him. He's mm -hmm. the best player. Mm -hmm. But if they can bring in somebody that is a good two or a good three, um, you can easily slide him to the bench. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think he would have an issue with that. You're going to play the same minutes. I don't care about starters. I care about who finishes the game. I right. care about who's the top eight. Because in the end of the day, regular season championships aren't worth anything. Right. And we've seen that now over the last few years. We've, we've been runners-up for, yes, for regular season championships twice in a row. We've been your Western Conference runner-ups two years in a row, uh, so to speak. Uh, with that being said, you talked about um, if the Grizzlies do anything else. We, you've, we've heard all of the things that the Grizzlies might possibly do uh, sign and trade type scenarios. What's the scenario that you're that you're not really hearing as much as some of the other ones you're hearing that you wouldn't be surprised that would happen, or you personally would make happen if you were making the, ch the choice? So if it's me, um, I think there's a way to consolidate still. Mm -hmm. But if it's I'm going out to get somebody, I'm going to go get Javon Carter okay. because he's a guy who is familiar with the area. He mm -hmm. knows his mom. I think still lives here. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who can be your actual point guard, your right. backup point guard, but he's also a guy that if you want to run him alongside of uh, Marcus Smart, you could. Right. Um, kind of a poor man's Marcus Smart. Yes. Almost, but know. also, he doesn't have to play. Yeah. Because he, he wasn't playing a lot in Milwaukee mm -hmm. and then eventually worked his way. He's a dog, and I think that you can 
feel comfortable that he's going to play his hardest. Right. He's going to put out his best effort. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. And he might feel like he's got some unfinished business here. 100%. And well. he's going to be cheaper than others. Yeah. Like, he's probably going to cost you four to four to six million a year at max. Right. There's a lot of other people I would pay. Yeah. Well, I could definitely see. I got, like, Javon Carter coming in for, like you said, not making much money. But a gentleman that's probably on the way out uh, mm. for the Memphis Grizzlies who probably wants a lot much, a lot much more than what Javon Carter is going to get. Uh, Dylan Brooks, he's mm. been connected to the Houston Rockets. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand why they. I, I could, I can see it as far as feeling like okay, if I'm Houston, because you know, no matter what you want to say about Dylan, Dylan created a lot of the culture of this team. Right. As far as getting this team from being. Ass water team to be in the team that competes in the playoffs. Yep. Like Dylan was a key part yep. of it. Like, and I think he created some of that culture as well. So I can see a team wanting him, but not Houston. They, I mean, like maybe a team that's like shown promise, and maybe we just need a little bit more to get over the hump to be like an Orlando type right, team. Right. But Houston is just a bunch of green babies, man. Who, who but knows? It's a new coach. Yeah, it just feels like. I don't know, man. It just seems like I can see Dylan coming out there, man, thinking he is literally Kobe Bryant yep. going to the Lakers. <laughs> like, it's for the real, worst bro. spot. Yeah, it just seems worst like the spot. worst scenario to send him to as far as that goes. And I'm not uh, I'm not all the way convinced that I'm a Udoka is this just <laughs> drill sergeant, you know, coaching general that we've kind yeah. of made. Like, yeah. we really talked like he's Red Auerbach Jr. And I'm like, okay, I understand he had an awesome season in one. Boston. Right, one awesome <laughs> season in Boston. But we kind of talked like he's just going to come in, he's Coach Carter or somebody. Because yeah. there's a meme, I'm, I want to put a meme out on Twitter that has Samuel Jackson and the little <laughs> light-skinned dude. Like, this is, this is I'm a Udoka and Dylan, you know, day one. I, 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 I want to put that on Twitter. I'm going to put it out tonight before the show airs. But it's like we've kind of created this legacy of I'm a yeah. Udoka. Like, okay, yeah. bro, we don't know what he is. Like, he, yeah. he literally was there for a year for a team that's been to the conference finals for the last six yeah, years. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and Marcus Smart. You know what I mean? Smart. I mean, so I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to act like he can't coach, but we just don't know. Correct. We don't know how Correct. good. Like, we're really giving him credit. Like, he's yeah. just going to go to Houston and, like, yep. Be uh, Joe Brown on lean on me. Like I mean, I mean, I just think we're just kind of jumping, you know, jumping, yeah. you know, the line a little bit with him. Like he, he may be awesome, but I just think it's too early to say that now. So Dylan in Houston, like it's the dumbest thing. I don't get it. Like I, yeah. I just don't get. It. I, I, he just seems so because he's gonna he's gonna start there. Like he's not gonna go there and come out the bench. Yeah. And do you want him? That team already has so many bad habits with Jalen Green. Okay, do you want Jabari Smith? Right, you want Dylan to be big, bro? They only have one basketball. Now, if there's a way they could do two basketballs at a time, Mm -hmm. then everybody would actually get to shoot then. But if not, then there's no way I would send Dylan to Houston. And I can see um, poor uh, Fred Van Vliet, man. Like if he goes there too, I can see Dylan being like, "You're not really Canadian. Like, like, let a real Canadian do this." Like it's just you're fake Canadian. Yeah, man. I just no, man. I don't know. I don't know. Shout out to Dylan. I've heard I've heard people talk about will you cheer for Dylan if he's on another team? I'm not gonna cheer against him. Like I sure. don't care. Like why? Sure. Like I don't. I'm not gonna have a rude interest with Dylan one way or another if he goes to another team. Do you man. think he gets booed when he comes back to Memphis? Will he get booed? Yeah, because he's gonna do some wild shit, man. Yeah, before the game, man. D- There's no way. Have you paid attention to Dylan I pregame stuff? So? But Memphis is Memphis, so man. Dylan probably Dylan probably gonna be out there with a. Um, John Calipari t-shirt on the warm-up drills. <laughs> like, have you, but you're talking about the dude who... That would be awesome. You're talking about the dude who jumps the line during the national anthem, bro. Okay. Like, when they're singing the national anthem, he jumps. Before the song's over, he just goes up there and just starts doing stuff. Well, like, he's a villain, start. man. Like, Dylan, yeah, he's going to give you a reason probably to boo him as soon as, as things get started. For real. I believe that. 
But yeah, but Daniel, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, once again, check him out. Give us a rundown of what you got going on. Yep. Uh, Grizz on a one, we go live in the offseason every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then post games, uh, whenever Grizzlies season gets started, uh, we will be going live immediately. Immediately. Mark, immediately. Immediately after the games. Uh, and then Bluff City Bets. Uh, right now, Chase has got his show coming out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I do mine on Friday. And so uh, very quick shows for the, uh, the Bluff City Bets, 20 minutes or, or less. Uh, we're making sure we give you our best content. Uh, but before we get out of here, don't close. All right. We have a gift for you. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. Go tell them what this is going to be. So shit. <laughs> it's actually a real, it's a real gift. Grizz901. We have to give this to you. So the card is just a congratulations on your new show. Man, thank but, you, brother. Hey, but you got to open it. I right told now. Kenny about it. I told Kenny you'd open it. Um, he's he's approved oh, it. Oh, shit. All right. It's a, sh- it's a shirt. Oh, yeah. Check it out, man. Can people buy this online? That's a one of one. Please turn oh, it around. Please turn it around. I got to be fucked up, too. <laughs> Just to let you know. That is a one of one. That's a Sane Char, number 46. Sane Char. That's, all right, the shirt is actually good. You can pull the tape off of it if yeah, you like. I might rock it like that. Man. I'll watch it till it comes off. John Conchart, Jitty for the city, babe. You know I made a John. Appreciate that, bro. I really do. Yeah, man. You know I made a um, a John Conchar shirt on the Silent Tees. In my company. It sells too. I sold, I sold a few. Did you do that like willingly, or did somebody like say, "Hey, you have uh, to"? Pandering to white people basically was. <laughs> hey, was all my whole vision. Oh yeah, it's been real well. I can't believe you turned it around. I told Kenny, I was like, I hope you hold it up, <laughs> look at it, and then look at it, and then turn it around so no, the camera sees it first. I'm, I'm used to the camera, man. So I had to show the, I, uh, I wanted. This, I didn't want the camera. I didn't want the people to see a black shirt. So I, yeah, such a bet. Then I saw the back of it. <laughs> Ain't this something? Yeah, my boy Daniel Grill, man, check him out. Get y'all some free money on uh, Bluff City Bets, and check out the best post game show. They even do a post game when ain't no games. Y'all doing summer league stuff. Post Summer League, game. we are going to do uh, Monday, so okay. first Monday game. Check it out, man. Check out my boy Daniel Greer, man. We're about to take a break. When we come back, the three-pointers coming up next. We'll see you guys in a minute on the Anthony Sane Show. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Edge of the Same Show. 
Had a little work, wardrobe change. Kenny Stubbs had to throw at my Grizz not on one T. Courtesy of my guy Daniel Greer with the uh, John Conchar uh, salute. Got the same char. Shout out to Daniel Greer. Yeah, same man. char 46 on the back, man. This tape on the back of this shirt is coming off immediately. I just want to let y'all know that <laughs> I would not be wearing the John Conchar gear. I'll, I'll leave the uh, Bluff City Classic jersey uniform wearing <laughs> to uh, Daniel Greer, who's rocking the, uh, the John Conchar joint. Man, when he sent me that picture of that John Conchar jersey, I was like, who in the hell has a John Conchar Fort Wayne jersey? I don't even think John Conchar owns. Like, John doesn't even have one of them. Yeah. I bet John's going to look at He's We know he's watching. I bet when he sees the oh, yeah. show, he's going to be like, let me get that jersey, bro. Right. <laughs> it, he, um, who was that? that um, oh, Chris Wall Christopher Wallace, former GM of the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. He, he walked up to uh, Ron Tillery one time. And I guess it's one of those, hey, Ron, you're a black, right? Because <laughs> it's like one of those type of moves, right? He he said, Ron, do you know this Anthony Sane dude? He's like always on my ass. <laughs> he was like, do you know him? <laughs> y'all know each other. Y'all know each other, right? Y'all y'all, yeah. in a group text, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You, guys, you see him at the cookout? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's a... But yeah, Daniel Greer, shout out to him, man. Great segment we had with him. Make sure you guys check him out. Bluff City Bets. Uh, Grizz nine on one. Um, you guys have a great show, man. I I, I enjoy it. I watch it. So I hope you guys are doing the same. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. Like Anthony doesn't give compliments out much to many dudes, to sure. many to many people. But you've you've been very complimentary behind the scenes of Daniel. Yeah, Curry he's good, he man. Does. I can tell that he's got he's done the work. He's I know he's been a while around doing this for a while. He was doing the Grizzly thing for a while. He came over to Bluff City Media. He was one of the people that when I saw him come over, I was like, damn, this Bluff City Media stuff is, is for real. Now, the fact that we just found out that he's the one that tweeted about the fire in the eyes. Did not thing, know that, man. Bro, that, that knocks him down a little bit. Oh, man. I'm be honest with if you. If you did not watch that segment, go back and watch it. Daniel talked about uh, he, he's the guy that, 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 that I said that he didn't see the fire in Ja's eyes, and Ja gave him a, a live petty rebuttal. Legit thought yeah. that was a 15-year-old. I thought it was a kid. I didn't think it was yeah. a 40-year-old man at all. But, yeah, shout-out to uh, Daniel Greer for sure, um, who just wrapped up. With us, and now we go into the three pointer where we talk about three uh, events that are going on in the world of sports. Number one thing that I'll talk about for sure is the John Morant deposition. Kenny Stubblefield had no clue what a deposition was before uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, John Morant, uh, the best understanding I have, but that's to clear this up for anyone. John, John Morant is in no threat to go to jail, but there are legal things that have to happen and happen in this civil suit. Between the state of uh, uh, the Holloway, Josh Holloway, the young man who uh, uh, accused John Morant of, you know, punching him back when he was 17, summer of 2022. Right. Uh, the civil cases began to start, and uh, uh, interesting things came out of it. More details about the fight. Uh, Devontae Peck was talking about um, his eyewitness account. And I'm just reading everything in black dude from South Carolina voice the whole time. I'm like, because <laughs> the way, the way you, when you read it, it's like, okay. But you, then you start thinking about, all right, how did that brother really say this? Then I wonder, like, was he code switching? Was he trying to sound proper? Was he trying, you know what I mean? So I'm just imagining what that whole thing went down, how that whole thing went down. Interesting things of note for me is that uh, because we, I think that we all kind of painted, I know I have in my mind, I painted this out like it's some scene from a movie where it's this long, you know, elaborate fight scene of what happened. And Pac was like, man, it lasted for like a couple seconds. Like, you know, job, you know, he he threw the ball, 
you know, Josh bucked up like he was ready to fight. Josh swung on him. It was like, pap, pap, we broke it up. I got my lick in, he got his in, we were done. But we, like in your head, you kind of painted like it was just this wild five-minute, you know, right scene from Above the Rim or something. Shout out to Above the Rim, classic Great basketball movie. man. Um, he described it to be much differently. Interesting names that were also brought up in the deposition. Mike Miller, uh, Trey Draper was, was mentioned as well. I had no clue Mike Miller was there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, <laughs> this whole scene. Not surprised Mike Miller was there, but yeah, I had no clue Mike Miller was there. But here's the thing, though, man. Like, I think I would love to be invited to a John Morant summer hoop session because it's like, seems like it seems like everybody was there. It seems like it was a pretty dope affair to be at, man. To me, to be honest with you. T probably was on the grill. Yeah. No, yeah. Knowing the other guys that were there mm -hmm. makes it more – because my whole, my whole thing this entire time has been, why in the hell did Ja have a 17-year-old kid at his house hooping? It seems like it was a big, like, cookout. Everybody's just doing whatever. It seemed like clearly there were some connections there that yeah. brought him there yeah. mm -hmm. that – you got City of Memphis guys, former high school coach, former University of Memphis assistant coach, mm -hmm. Trey Draper, who is a legend here in Memphis. Makes sense to me now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I get it. And that's something that Jaws kind of big about is being available and touchable to a lot of the local athletes in the city of Memphis. I get it. They said that he even used to go to G.G. Jackson's games. He's going. He's gone to his games before. So I think I read that somewhere. So yeah. I get it, um, whatever. That that whole situation seemed so grimy and so bad when I first heard about it, but uh, ever since then a lot has happened, <laughs> uh, Kenny. So I'm I'm kind of over that whole uh, thing uh, with the incident. Um, another interesting part of, from the deposition part is the fact that Devontae Pack kind of explained something we hinted at a while ago that when when young inner city black men say things like "That's my brother." That very well could something could be something that literally feels just like family, and it is I, family. Yeah, it, it is. You know what I mean? We, we talked about the first episode zero. We talked about working with inner city kids. How we know that this could be something way deeper than how people understand it. And Deepak definitely explained it. Deepak, I'm sorry, definitely explained it. He explained that I met John. I was eight or nine years old playing in rec league ball. I was a little hard hit. Jaws coach pulled me to the side, helped me get my stuff together. I always knew Jaws, played against him, played with him ever since then. When we were going AAU trips, I stayed with Jaws because my family couldn't go. And if you don't understand the dynamic. When Jaws went to Murray, mm -hmm. D-Tap stayed with T and, and Jaws' mom. He lived, He yeah. moved into the house. As That's family. That's family, yeah. So a lot of people are saying Jaws needs to just you know pick better people and cut off some of these people. It's a totally different situation than, uh, than 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 what people, you know, and people what people think. It's harder. It's harder than you think, man. And um, Ja also um, is in a situation now where, with this civil case, like I said, I don't think anything. Um, probably nothing. You're probably talking about a matter of money, a matter of him paying out or whatever. Um, but they're also. John Martin of Jason and John's show, a show that I'm on every Friday from um, 11, 11.25. He said that from his sources, he's heard that Ja has cut ties to some extent with DTAP. We saw that he unfollowed him on social media. And after reading this deposition, especially the part where he kind of like outed Ja, like saying that, you know, Ja has a gun and all these type of things and didn't mention anything about him or whatever. 
people are kind of speculating, saying that they might be that might be why they fell out. I don't know. I think it was. I think it's PR related. I think that people mm-hmm. behind Job told him, "Look, you need to, you know, kind of fall back from him or whatever." Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see how that works out for sure. Uh, like I said, the three pointer number one, the John Morant disposition. Number two, John Collins traded to the Utah Jazz for former Memphis Grizzly Rudy Gay in a second round pick. Um, I want to call Atlanta a poverty franchise for this. This seems like either one or two things are going to happen. Um, either they're trying to stealth reset this thing and kind of work around the edge. Just not work around the edges when you. I don't feel stealth to me. Yeah, it feels it. It feels it. I'm I'm seeing blow it up. Blow it up. But I talked to people who are Hawks related, and different. I've seen other stories saying the Hawks are are priming to try to make another move. But my thing is, if that don't work, and you're clearing salary, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what are you what are you setting up to happen if you go go for broke, and it breaks? You know what I mean? So I don't really know what the Hawks are doing. You trade John Collins, a guy who um, was a twenty and ten scorer a couple years ago, twenty one and eight maybe I think the year after that. Uh, key part to that team the year they had the Eastern Conference Finals run. I was talking to a guy named John Reed, who's a fan. I think he does some media stuff too. I think he's a podcaster or a radio host in Atlanta. We give each other shit all the time about it at the Hawks. And he says, "Saying you're forgetting that uh, John Collins had was on drugs when he was doing that. <laughs> like <laughs> he had some performance enhancing drug violation. I totally forgot about that for sure. But um, John Collins traded for Rudy Gay and uh, a second round pick to Utah." Uh, Utah is a very uh, – you talk about the Grizzlies going small. Utah is going big. They play yep. uh, seven, I think, 6'11", 6'10", Walker Kessler, t- John Collins is 6'10", 6'9". And then you have um, – Lori Markkinen. who's a huge jumbo wing. He's probably more of a four, but they play him at small four, and he's like 6'10". Which – and he had a major resurgence Oh, yeah, man. That dude blew up. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, uh, league most approved player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Utah team is going to be interesting, man. They are so annoying, man. Oh. Because they're not going to be good next year. But they're just going to be an annoying middle of the pack team to just like, all right, y'all playing too hard, man. We want to like, <laughs> is there going to be they're going to be that annoying team again this year, like they were this, uh, like they were this next year, like they were this year. For like sure. the Grizzlies were a few years. Yeah, back. <laughs> man. Like get y'all ass. Then like, but it's like okay, who are you? But like with the Grizzlies, you had Jaron Jackson Jr., who was right. a, a young potential star. John Morant, who was a megastar in the making. You're talking about this young, super exciting team. These Utah teams look like somebody, like, AI just did a random team generator. Like, okay, just put 15 dudes on the team. Okay, Utah Jazz. Like, it is, like there's nothing sexy about their, their lineup. There's, like, no young star, star there. Just a bunch of guys that are fine. And they're good enough. You know, and they're, they're like one 45-point drop off from Jordan Clarkson from winning <laughs> right. a bunch of games. Run a right? whole bunch right. of games, bro. Like, get the hell out of here, Utah. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of get the hell out of here, uh, number three, Damian Lillard. Uh, looks like he's going to be staying in Portland, at least for the immediate future. He had a sit-down meeting with, uh, I think his name is, what's the GM's name? Somebody Cronin or something? No, it's, is it O'Shea? Shit, I don't know. You got, uh, you got Perry Sharkey over there, who's uh, the, uh, the crack research re- yeah, reporter. Yeah, yeah. Parrish is the guy. I think is it Neil O'Shea? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But he met with somebody. Yeah, Neil O'Shea. He, he met with Portland. They <laughs> Little met with Portland. Right. And he talked about his future. They came out in a meeting saying that they're going to try to do their best to build. We're going to build around, around you, Damian Dame. Lillard. We've been hearing the same <laughs> thing. And I, I'll say something, man. I've heard a lot of takes on the radio, national news. Um, I'm going to give a different take on this. If 
And my take on this is if I'm Portland, I think I get this more than more, more people do. Um, and I get Dame's side as well. When you're Damian Lillard, you're in a situation where you just watched your team, a team you've been with, the only team you've ever played for. You just watched that team draft a guy that you know is going to be your replacement one day. 100%. Like, you know, they drafted the guy that you know is going to replace you. It's kind of like uh, we have intern Shamario Wiseman came in today who's coming in. I don't – I'm not here, like, nervous as hell thinking, like, hey, this might be my last week in this bitch. You know what hey. I mean? I'm not worried about Shamario taking my seat. I would love to get her to the point where she's there. But no offense to Shamaria, she's not uh, – Next week it's the yeah, this is, this is it you know Parasharky I mean? Shamaria show. Yeah, next she week. ain't uh, she ain't Scoot Henderson. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, and with that being said, man, like that he has to feel a way about this. Like you know, that's that's kind of a Brett Favre. Um, shit, man. Why well, I, well, I can't remember Aaron, nothing. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's like it's like a Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers thing. Like like you you know that's the dude who they drafted to replace Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love. Yeah, you know that's the guy yeah. that they drafted to replace you, right? Yeah. Except for Scoot Henderson, probably is a way bigger star coming in too, expectation wise than Aaron Rodgers ever was. Like one of the biggest things, like one of the most hilarious draft mm-hmm. draft moments I've ever seen was in the NFL a few years back when Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Mm-hmm. And they desperately needed a wide receiver. And, they and go, there were a ton of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And who did they get first round? Jordan Love. Jordan Love, his replacement. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second. If I'm Dame, I'm sitting here going, why are you getting my replacement right. when you could go when you could go get me a a, a guy? Right. Like, or utilize that pick and go get me some players mm-hmm. that are actually good. Actually and we talked decent. about last week. I was like, Dame, well, why do you expect them to do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? They've why do you think yeah, that. like why do you why do you think they're gonna trade the number three pick or the future of their the potential future of their franchise? For a guy to come help you that may or may not work in a league that's got Denver, Phoenix, Memphis, all these teams that you know are going to be better than you. You know what I mean? So even still, why would they do that? But here's the side that I'm going to say that a lot of people are not saying. In the microwave, transaction porn era we live in in sports, everyone's ready for – everyone's saying Portland just blow it up. I've said Portland just blow it up, mainly because I want Jeremy Grant. But I've said Portland right. just blow it up. But I can totally see the GM of Portland, the owners of Portland, the organization saying it, it was a while between not having Damian Lillard and getting Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard probably is the biggest star in the history of the Portland Trailblazers as far as individual dude. Yeah, I know Clyde Drexler came through there. I know, you know, several different – I know they won a championship there before. But if you're talking about – you're talking about top 75 player of all time, right. Damian Lillard. Right. You know what I mean? A guy who has embraced that city. There are fans piling in to see Portland Trailblazers games just because Damian, Damian, Damian Lillard is on that team. Right. You know you've got that. You know you've got a floor of – People give a shit about our team right now. If you trade Damian Lillard, yes, you drafted Scoot Henderson number three. You don't know what Scoot Henderson is going to be. Scoot Henderson has not played a single damn game in the NBA. Scoot Henderson could be what Zion Williamson is today. He could have a woman problem and an eating problem. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro, like, you know, if, if you let Damian Lillard go, you're walking into this unknown and rebuilding and blowing things up are not always cute, man. 
You're not you're not going to be the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that was in the playoffs over and over and over again. You take one year of of being bad, you get John, you get Jaron Jackson Jr. You do it again, you get John Morant, and now you're a team that's instantly not bad anymore. You go from being crap to being two right. in, the, in the West in a matter of three years. Everybody's rebuild doesn't look like that. Ask Sacramento. Ask Orlando. Yeah. Ask Minnesota. Right. They but, don't know what's on the other side of Damian Lillard. Yeah, here's the thing. Damian Lillard signed a Supermax deal where he's making like $40, $50 million a year. Right. It'll take a lot of dudes coming back for you to make that, that deal work. And, and 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 here's the thing too, man. Like, you see, I'm 43 years old, Kenny, and you are as well. I see a lot of, um, there are a lot of people my age that are just now getting divorced, right? Right. And you see women who, it's kind of like Damon Lillard is kind of like this. There are a lot of women that got a that get a they may have gotten attention while they were married to their husband. They went in and got a divorce, and they realized, okay, I don't. There's not as many dudes who really like me, like me, like I thought. My, my, my DM was blowing up, but I'm not really getting real attention. I think there are a lot of teams that would like Damian Little on their team, but not $40, 50000000 million worth of Damian Little. You know what I mean? Like, that's you, – you think the CBA is tight now. Go get one dude who's making the amount of money that Damian Little is making and see so how you don't think could. the market would be very high for Damian Little. It will be, but what I'm saying is you're going to go to a situation where it's going to be tight as hell. Mm-hmm. If Miami gets Damian Lillard just to make the numbers work. You trade him to another situation. Yeah, because like Portland's not going to take bullshit. They're not going to take right. Kyle Lowry's fat ass and Tyler <laughs> Hero. You're going to have to give me like all them dudes that you got that was your role players. I'm going to need Bam and I'm going to need Bam and I'm going to yeah, like, and that's why a lot of people – I think a much more likely destination for um, Portland if they're going to trade Dame. I'm not trading them for like Miami spare parts. No, I'm, man. I'm not doing it. Miami spare parts got them a couple of finals yeah. appearances, but they ain't worth no. that on the open market like that. You're not you're not giving me you're not giving me Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero, and I'm giving you Damian Lillard. You're not you're not Duncan Robinson, right. Max Strews, right. Kyle no. Lowry. No, go to nah. hell. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah. I would go I would go to the Clippers and say, hey, give me Paul George. Give me Paul George and the kid. What's his name? There's another one in Philadelphia. There was another one in <laughs> the kid in the dude with the the dude with the dreads. They both uh uh they're like they're you gotta convince me they're not the same dude. My memory's bad today, man. I'm sorry. Mac not Mac. Um Yeah, I know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That dude. The wing. Yeah. I would do that. Give me give me them and we'll roll. Give me Paul George and the other Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the y'all's version, the Clippers version. Give me him and, and give me Paul George, because I because I think that that Portland team obviously is afraid of the unknown. You know what I mean? I think that's a real thing. So I would not just go send Damian Little any, and I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're a team that's been holding on to a guy like that that long, and you know don't want to let him go. They're not just going to give him one. But here's the problem with Portland, though. Mm-hmm. There's not a single person that's going to sit there and say that Portland is only one one trade away from no, being not. a contender. Like, you can't – they don't have – like, who would they go get? Like, who could they get? They'd have to go get, like, two players, three players to become a, a legit c- title contender. But why are we pretending that we actually think Portland wants to be a title contender? I think Portland just wants to keep their cash cow, Damian Little, happy. I don't think they particularly they, – they know they're not going to win a championship. Well, they don't, I would expect – They don't see, want an empty arena. I would expect to – See a, a a trade request coming soon then from yeah. Game, I think I think regardless of what they're saying right now, you're gonna see a stealth 
Damian Lillard trade. And I think the guys like uh, – You don't think he's going to be loud about it like Kevin Durant no, has been? Uh, uh, I think the, I think he'll he'll say all the right things. He'll do all the right things. You'll look up. It'll be kind of like Mike Conley and Marcus Hall when they got traded. Interesting. Yeah, I think you'll see him moved probably pretty soon. I just don't see how Miami thinks that nah, they're a contender in that. If if like, you're, you are trash, Portland, if you send him – to Miami, just because you're not get anything getting back. anything, you gotta. If you let yeah. a guy like that go in a small market team like Portland, you gotta get something back that keeps you guys relevant. And I know you've got Scoot Henderson, who's probably gonna be a mega star in the league. I know that, but you, but you still need to get something back because Scoot hasn't played a single damn game. You don't know what he's gonna be. That's right. So yeah, I agree. It's but a yeah, weird man. dynamic, man. Like it's yep. weird. Yeah, but we're about to take a break, man. When we come back, we'll talk about inside the same brain. It's it's uh. Couple things that kind of kind of play off of each other, kind of play off of each other very well. We'll talk about those things and more on Inside the Same Brain coming up next on Anthony the Same Show. See you guys in a minute. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. All right, everyone, welcome back. Final segment of the show. Uh, first of all, before, before we get started, big shout out to Daniel Greer, of course, our guest uh, today. Um, great segment with him. Like I said, I don't know why, man. Somebody Daniel I really fooled with, man. He gave me the free Grizz 901T. Go check him out with the uh, junk. Same char he got on the back with the number 46. <laughs> Same char. And kiss my ass, Daniel Greer, but it's all good. <laughs> uh, great segment with him. Um, yeah, man, let's let's chop it up for Inside the Same Brain where I talk about something that's going on, uh, out, typically outside of sports, but just the way I see it. Uh, been a lot of hubbub in the city of Memphis Ooh. about two events, uh, Kenny Stubberfield, <laughs> that oddly are related to each other. Um, Drake was in town. Um, supposed to do a show. Yeah, no, no, no. He's not, okay, his, his concert is supposed to be, let's ask the cool people in the room, um, Samaria. Y'all said I can't, I'm not supposed to say her whole name for some reason. <laughs> Maria. Maria. Is in the building. Follow her on TikTok, right? Follow her on TikTok. Maria, what's your TikTok? Maria underscore Yeah. Maria underscore knows underscore ball. Check her out on Man, TikTok. she's got two underscores? Yeah. Man, she's going in deep with the underscores now. Yeah. There you go. But um, Drake's concert, when was this supposed to be? I, I didn't even know about it until they started. All right, you ain't helping. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, supposed, it's supposed to be on Thursday. What? It's supposed to be this Thursday? Right. No. 
Last Thursday or this Thursday? This Thursday. I didn't know that. I got, right. Par- I got Parrish in here helping me out. Yeah, Parrish Sark, another cool dude in, in the building. But yeah, Drake's concert is supposed to be this Thursday. It got moved to two months from now, basically. So, <laughs> Is it because he couldn't sell tickets? What a reschedule, man. I'm glad you said that, too. I'm going to park that, though. Um, I'm sure the tickets were sold out to that, though, right? Had to be. Anyway. I'm not, that's not what I'm hearing. All right, so... Drake basically gave you ninjas time to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, why y'all trying to make Drake the bad guy? Hey. Oh man, I, that's something about Memphis I've never understood why why we don't buy tickets and stuff. It's like we, I don't know, man, because like Nashville has a much bigger stadium. That's another thing. That's another reason why people don't come here too because Nashville has a stadium that's yeah. great for concerts, so people just go there. So uh, that's kind of killing us. But anyway. Drake was in town. So funny, man. Looking at the pictures of it. Basically, it looked like a pseudo family reunion situation. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, because his dad is from here. Right. I know that. I mean, I know that part, but it literally looked like he had a, like the Drake family reunion. Yeah. At, uh, at the rail garden. Right. <laughs> and Drake had on a shirt that said, famous cousin. There was one, one uh, shirt that said, player. Somebody had, everybody in the family had a different personalized t, uh, T-shirt on. And you just saw Drake just unwound, man. Just yeah. had hooping shorts on, T-shirt. Yeah. He had Memphis hooping shorts on. Yeah, he had, the, he had the University of Memphis hooping shorts on. Um, yeah, man, it was just a weird look to see Jaw. I mean, see Drake that you know unbuttoned or whatever here in the Elmwood Rail Garden at a fan, at a cookout, the family reunion. That was wild. That was wild, man. So anyway, Drake was in town. So while he was here, um, local officials decided to give. Drake the key to Shelby County? What? Yeah, it's Shelby County, not Memphis. Okay, the key to Shelby County. Um, Shelby Drive. Right. <laughs> Doc Holiday, who's definitely one of my mentors, <laughs> definitely one of my OGs, big bro in in this thing. I'm going to say this. Whatever whatever uh, Doc says, I, I agree with it. I'm gonna, let me say it. Let me look in the camera. Doc Holiday, whatever he says, I agree with it. But I, I can, uh, <laughs> I'll say this. Doc said, Doc said, not only does Drake not deserve a key to Shelby County, he doesn't even deserve a key to Shelby Drive. Might have been the funniest shit that Doc Holiday has ever said. That Doc has said a lot of wild stuff. Um, I'll, I'll say this too, also. Look alive, look alive. Uh, mainly because I'm afraid of Doc Holiday. Is that, um, no, but seriously though. Like, when I got let go with Sports 56, I had no desire to do any of this really anymore. Like, I was done. Like, I didn't I didn't trust the system no more, you know? So, Doc was doing um, Doc was doing his independent show on YouTube, and it had kind of a similar setup to what we were doing. They were doing it professionally. He had the overlays. I was like, man, Doc is – he had Penny Hardaway on his show. Yep. Like, watching Doc's show kind of got me the hunger to be back doing this again on my independent – in a different way. Independent shit. Yeah, on a different way, though. I was like, damn, Doc is really doing his thing. And then watching his, um, his videos that he does, you know, that hyped me up as well. So shout out to Doc for making me want to get back in this. Uh, I thought the whole conversation was hilarious, like the whole uh, Drake getting the key to the city thing. <laughs> and I'm not saying I disagree with Doc Holiday, but I will throw out this antidote as if I did disagree. <laughs> so just imagine I did. I don't. I just want to let, Doc, I don't disagree Public with you. Public service announcement. I'm just throwing this out just in case I did. All right? Um, <laughs> I'll just throw out this tidbit. Because I'm, 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 I'm verbally, I'm shaking. My left hand, I'm nervous <laughs> thinking about Doc Holiday watching this shit. Because I, I, I fear the day that, uh, you know, I get added in a Doc, Doc Holiday video. So I'm not saying I disagree with Doc Holiday at all. Damn it. 
I got kids, doc. I, 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 <laughs> listen, I, you know. No, but seriously, um, Doc said. You know, I, I think Doc was kind of in jest too. I don't think he really. But Doc, the point that he was making was there were other people in the city that actually do things right. for the city, right. which is a valid point. It's a valid. That's point. true. Yeah. My thing is, I don't particularly care if those people get keys to the city. I want them to get like literal keys to the city, like more resources, more funding, hundred percent, that type of thing. Like there are people who work with young people. Like give those, give that guy a center, pump money into his vision and what he's doing. I don't care about. Things that are you know done for clout or for show, like really help those people, get those people real acknowledgement. That's that's the only thing I kind of disagree with Doc on. And there are a lot of people saying you know talking about whether debating whether Drake's actually from Memphis or not or has any Memphis roots. I think that's neither here nor there because um, the the whole key to the city um, analogy is kind of like it's kind of made for people who aren't here from here. Like it's kind of letting you know you're welcome here. Do your thing. We appreciate what you're doing. Do you? It's kind of it's, it's always been a clout type of thing. Like because you're a big deal and you're here, right? We're gonna give you some props. I think it's always been like. That. I mean, I don't know. But uh, former fellow uh, Memphis Key to the City uh, nominees include uh, Rick Ross, who's also not from Memphis, the boss, and uh, Master P, who also isn't from here as well. So I get it. It's no, it's no way Drake, like one of the greatest, most accomplished. Artists of all time, not to say hip hop artists, one of the most accomplished artists. Period. There's no way that guy's in your city wearing hooping shorts and a black tee and a family reunion in Rail Garden. So funny. Man. <laughs> There's no way that guy comes to Memphis and you don't do something like so. Right. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Drake. So I, I get that whole thing, but I'm not disagreeing with uh, Doc Holiday. So. You gonna go to the Drake show? Man, that shit was like 500 bucks. I know, man. And I'm a Drake guy. Like I could be in there and could go word for word every song. I love Drake. Every album he's dropped, like all of them. I cleaned my house several times to the house music joint that he dropped. Yeah. It was right on time. But um, no, he ain't $500, my fan. I'm, a, I'm not a $500 fan, though. For two tickets, no, I can't do it. Mm -mm. All right, y'all have to watch that joint on, on VR. <laughs> <laughs> y'all have to tell me about it. Go live. <laughs> Facebook Live? Yeah, I can't do it. No, I can't do it, man, for sure. Um, in other news that is on my mind that's also related to the Drake situation, uh, Black Boy JB, somebody that Drake uh, famously did a song on Shelby Drive. What a transition, man. Shout what out. a transition. Shout out to Doc Holiday. Shout out to me. A dope-ass segue. Um, Black Boy <laughs> JB was the invited guest, special guest, uh, co-host with Little Migo, who I have no clue who that was. Yeah. The only Migo I know about is the producer guy that uh, did drop the album last year with like Tyler Crater and... Other people on it. I didn't, I didn't know there was a local. Only Migos I know are in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Mama! Them. Yeah, I know about them and the other Migo. But, uh, yeah, I never heard of Lil Migo, but shout out to him. Lil Migo had a party featuring Black Boy JB in the Germantown area. And I'm the type of person, can, like I talked about earlier, like with the John Morant fight uh, situation, I picture stuff, I picture it in my head. And what was described to me was, a, part, a house party that went crazy in Germantown, including, man, I, I hate I can't really say what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just ninjas ninjaring, uh, basically, is what was going on <laughs> in Germantown. And uh, poor white people, man. Just Oh, to, God. I'm telling you, yeah, man. Yeah, poor white people. Just, sure, I'm telling you, just so, so messed up. <laughs> 
How I mean, you, you live your whole dare. life, man. You live your how, whole life. How dare anybody have fun? You set up your whole life, your whole lineage to get away from black people, and then the black people just come to you. <laughs> they come to you. They come into your neighbor. What? I mean, what are you supposed to do, Sam? Man, I'm somebody in just full ninjosity. God. <laughs> just full. They got the full experience, man. You had fights. You had. Uh, you, you had loud noises. Loud noises. <laughs> drinking weed. <laughs> ass cheeks out. <laughs> Imagine being like a, a rich middle-aged white man. And you see oh. a thick ass, big booty black woman <laughs> just walking down your street. Ass cheeks clapping. Spending like shea butter. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine how uh, distraught. Distraught. Yeah. Distraught's people. the right word. And they were saying, people were saying that they were naked. Like people got out of the car God. naked. <laughs> oh, man. For, for people who've actually never probably seen a woman who's shorts in shorts whose ass is not is coming up out the shorts. <laughs> that, that's probably it probably is naked to you. Like you've probably never seen it. It's kind of like if you go downtown and you see a party bus. But th those things are literally like strip clubs on wheels, man. Like, like if you, so yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure the people in Germantown were were uh, blown away at some of the stuff they saw when they saw black women in bathing suits. Um, yeah, it's doing some. It's doing something to me right now. Can you just think about it? Hey, man. Hey, that party sound live as shit too. Man. Ooh, man. <laughs> said it was twenty five dollars for the fellas. That we said on the for twenty five. That sound like a, a lot of fun. If you can hang with Lil Migo and, and Black Boy JB and and big booty black women in a pool party. Hey, where's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, special shout out and prayer for white people who are overwhelmed by the black experience for sure. Um, it's just tough life, man. Tough life, man. Like you live your life to be rich and get the hell away from black people just for black people to come to you. Um, but yeah, you should get used to it, white people, because there are uh, rich ninjas in the city uh, right now. There are a lot of young, rich millionaires in the city of Memphis. So yeah, coming through a suburb near you, the blacks. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I think John Morant brought all this. <laughs> <laughs> it went well, like this with Mike Conley. John Morant. It went like this when Mike Conley played for us when Mark was here. <laughs> we need Zebo back. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Zebo might have been the one that started. Zebo Zebo kinda is a dude that kinda like if you think about it, cause like Zebo is is might be part of the reason why there's a lot of young, rich black people in the city of Memphis. Like he he made in the music industry. He made a lot of hundred. He, he invested in restaurants and all kind of stuff, man. Like Zebo, yeah, Zebo kind of Zebo really dropped the stem in the city of Memphis, man. Like for sure, uh, for sure. But yeah, man, I thank you guys. Uh, that's another episode of Anthony the Same Show. Continue to check us out, man. We will see you guys again on Friday. Um, this we are doing the show like you said twice a week. Props to our guests again. Props to uh, Paris Sharkey in the back. Pa props to Kenny Stubblefield in the back. Props to Maria. To my left, underscore nose, underscore, underscore nose, ball. underscore ball on Let's TikTok. Follow her on TikTok, follow her on TikTok, man. She up next, man. She up next, man, for sure. But for uh, man, we we sound like a real, like we got a real production company going on. We got all kind of, hey man, hey you kind of out, hey speak. We kind of like Germantown up there. We got real <laughs> black, real quick. It <laughs> just went from Bleak City Mafia to uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Bleak City Media to Black City Media real quick. Man. <laughs> Would you call? Would you call us <laughs> Bleach City Media? Bleach City Media. Yep. Y'all were white as hell. If I yes, came. Yes, we were. Then you got me and drop one. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> hey man, I'm out. <laughs> Need to get my boy Leo in this bitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh man, you get him and Brian, it counts as like at least half a black dude. <laughs> anyway, we about to slide, man. We about to slide. <laughs> we'll see you guys Friday. Anthony Sane Show. We'll see y'all then. We out. Thank you for listening to the Anthony Sane Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.